Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, a while back on the Work Break Show, our video show, we, we were talking about time. We were, yes. So here's my question for you. If you had a one-time time travel ticket, one time only, would you go forwards or backwards and why? Oh my gosh, I love your questions, but this is a really difficult one. Um, you know what? I would go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh oh, would, did I stump you? Ah, you did. Okay, here's the, all right, I'm going to say backward. And not, I'm typically not someone that likes to look back, right? Because it's like I try to live with like no regrets and everything. So I wouldn't go back for that reason, but I would just say there are just, you know, loved ones or family that, you know, have passed that I just wish I had one more day with. So yes, I would, I would actually go back in time and, and for that sole purpose of just getting that sort of one more, one more day with someone. Okay. Uh, and, and also too, because I think that I don't, I'm someone, I don't want to know my future. Like if it gets to the point where it's like, oh, could you know, you know, what you're going to die from or when or what? No, I, I don't want to know. I, okay. I just want to be totally surprised about my future. So what about you? That's a great question. It's, I'm going forward, Trish, way forward. I want to like land somewhere. I want to see flying cars, jetpacks, teleportation. <laughs> you know, I want to see all that. I want like to see- What if it's not like that? What well, if I guess that's the gamble, right? It, it, you know, it could, it could maybe not pan out the way I'm hoping, but I would go so far forward to like, it would be way beyond like my lifespan or my loved ones. Oh, like lifespan, of thousand so. years or- a few hundred probably. I don't know. Yeah, I want to see some cool stuff. So I'd go forward. That'd be where, that'd be, that's how I'm doing it. It's a good question. Wow. I thought. That's an interesting question. Okay, you'll have to ask our guests too. I will. Let's get on with the show. Just we have a great show today. We're talking about a really important topic, internships, internships in the time of remote work, especially. And if you're going to talk about internships, Trish, internship programs, there is only one company worth talking to, in my opinion, a company whose internship program was so famous an actual Hollywood big studio movie was made about it in 2013 called The Internship, you may have seen, mm -hmm. and maybe a good candidate, Trish, for our Workplace Movie Hall of Fame series. Our guest today is Kyle Ewing. Kyle is the Director of Talent and Outreach Programs at Google, an organization investing in the next generation of Googlers across student, industry, professional, and research audiences. Her team, based globally out of 30 plus offices, engages with communities historically underrepresented in the tech industry, gives folks the tools to further their development, runs the global intern program, and manages hiring for all entry-level roles across Google globally. Kyle also leads Google's employment brand team, that's really cool, as well as Google's strategy team behind hiring efforts to build a more representative workforce. Kyle, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. Do you want to take on the time travel question, Kyle, or maybe table that to the end? I'll, or not take it at all. I'm going to leave that to you. Hey. I'll take it. I'll take it now. Um, I was thinking about it and I, I was like vacillating because like at the moment, you know, you're catching me at a time where I think a lot of us are maybe a little concerned about the future or just wondering where we're headed. So I was like steering clear um, of the future <laughs> and, and thinking maybe the optimist in me thought maybe if, if I could go back, I don't know when, 100 years maybe, write some of the the wrongs that maybe right. got us to this place, you know, so that's where I'd go back to, to hopefully, I don't know help us have a better future. <laughs> I love it. You guys are so thoughtful. Kyle wants to like help humanity. Trish wants to have one last, you know, dinner with great grandma. 
I just want you to want jetpacks. I just want to see flying cars. Yeah, that's shallow <laughs> that way. I love it though. You know what? And that's what makes this world great is that we all have such different perspectives on things. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, Kyle. So so great to be uh, have you here. First of all, sorry about the, the the movie thing. You must hear that about a zillion times, right? You're probably sick of people bringing that up. I don't think I'll ever get sick of it. And I was like, fortunately, I was I was here running the interim program back then. So oh, it wow. was certainly a career highlight, like so much fun working with with that crew. And they spent a lot of time with us, like wanting to actually get some of the details right. Now, clearly, there was a Hollywood element and sure. plenty of stuff in there was not true. But um, it was it was a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for being a good sport about that. And I love that movie too. And Kyle, you may not know this, but Trisha and I do a series on the podcast called Workplace Movie Hall of Fame, where we take really, you know, popular movies of the last 20, 30 years or so. And like, we break them down from like the HR and workplace kind of themes to them. And so uh, that movie would be a great candidate for it. So uh, Kyle, let me just start with this. We want to talk about the internship program. And first of all, the, the big one, how do you take this program, which again, if anybody knows anything about it, even if you've just seen that movie, it's such a, such a hands-on, such an in-person kind of thing, typically it looked like. And how do you make that decision to say, hey, we got we to gotta make this work virtually? You know, it, it was a tough, a tough decision. I mean, I think obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Without question, it was the right call. But we're talking like, I remember so well, it was the last week in February. And I'm talking to, to uh, my, like my intern team and, and Andrea Florence, who leads the, the intern program. And we're kind of like, oh, I think we might need to make the call. And this was far be before shelter in place orders started happening, but we were seeing it around the globe, right? And we're like, man, we're going to need as much time as possible to prepare the, the interns for what this is going to look like and certainly to get ourselves like in a position to pivot to virtual. So we made the call early. And obviously, the, the number one thing we're optimizing for was the safety of, of Googlers and certainly of the interns. Um, but I mean, gosh, with the public health advice we had, and we're Google, right? So everything's rooted in data. And all signs were pointing to the summer was going to be a bit bamboozled. <laughs> uh, we certainly, I certainly didn't know then that I'd be you know, having this conversation from my, my kitchen living room. But, um, but yeah, so we, 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 we made the call early and it, and it certainly required a, a pretty big pivot. Um, when we're, you're talking thousands of interns and like, where are they going to be? How are we going to get them there? How are we going to pay them? What should they work on? What will they have access to? How do we get them equipment? I mean, it was a, an unbelievable sprint um, to get that set up. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I got to believe that's true. I, and I think uh, maybe just to step back and because Trisha, I'm sure you know this better than me. Uh, you said like in late February, you made this call. Can you take us back a little bit further? Just give me because I don't honestly know a timeline of the process for like, how you sort of de devise that the plans for the summer, how you make the you know, bet the candidates and select them like how far back does that go? Yeah, great question. So we typically start the planning process. So before we'd even kind of like launch a, a rec or start hiring, we'd be working with the business, understanding kind of like bottoms up, what do you want, like top down, what makes sense? Because our interim program is such a feeder for full-time talent, we, we kind of try to make sure that, okay, like you want the, the number of interns we have to kind of map toward what we might want to hire for the following year, right? So it's, and in the tech industry, like I think that probably long-term workforce planning is not like a strength because things happen so fast, right? So I'm looking like two years out for this stuff, which is pretty un unusual in, in the tech industry, but the process starts in June typically. So let's say last June, 2019, we're like, great, we're going to have all these interns working on all this stuff. And then we do a call for, for projects. And I think, I mean, we get thousands of, of project requests. The intern program, we've been running it since 1999. Google was a year old when we start, we had our first intern. 
and there's a lot of passion behind it. People love interns. They love hosting interns. They love that. They love them. And it's not just because like they're doing this grunt work. It's because they bring such awesome perspectives and such incredible energy so that everybody wants an intern. So we got to have to be thoughtful projects that make sense. We want these students to walk away having actually experienced Google, having worked on something that'll not only help look great on their resume, but like have impact for us too. So it's a pretty rigorous process of just the selection. We lock down the, the projects so that when we're talking to interns, we can kind of be more clear on like, you'd be working on something like this, you know, generally speaking. And then we start interviewing usually in like September, like September of that, like that right when school starts right okay so we're kind of we got like a team doing the full-time recruiting you've got another team doing the intern stuff so they kind of collide and look that timeline has probably been moved up every year because the competition's pretty pretty fierce and those students want to lock something in so last september i'd say probably by Feb february we were basically winding down our recruiting anyway so we're, we're like sitting here looking at covid coming at us and we're like okay we're, we're nearly done with the recruiting we would have done anyway so let's just go ahead and, you know, call it like, let's be like, these are the interns that we have. And now what are we going to do with them? You know what? I thank you for sharing all of that, Kyle. I, I find it very interesting because in my career as well, I've, I've worked with a lot of different intern programs. And one of the things I'm really curious about, um, and both how it worked, I guess, under more normal circumstances versus even how you're, how you're working it this summer um, in a, in a virtual situation, but can you talk a little bit just about what types of interns Google is hiring? Um, you know, in a lot of the companies I've worked for, it's been a very kind of limited um, siloed type of internship experience. Mm. Is it that way at, at Google for anyone who might not know? And, you know, are, are you looking at both technical, non-technical, creatives? Like how, how does that yeah. work within, within your program? Yeah, great question. And I think it's certainly evolved over the years. Um, I think there was a time where the vast majority of our interns would have been software engineers. And I think probably a few years ago, there was a bit of a tipping point. You look at how Google's evolved in terms of the products that we offer, the services that we offer. So there's been a huge, now we've always had interns across all, all disciplines, but today, this summer, we had interns, I'd say working in every single department at Google. And I don't just mean like technical and non-technical. I mean, if you look at the tech umbrella and you, you clearly, you look at cloud, you look at ads, YouTube, search, all of those product areas would, would certainly be, be covered by interns. And then you look at the GNA functions, you look at, you know, human resources, even our real estate work services, you look at um, finance, obviously. Um, and then you look at things like sales and marketing. So I think pretty much safe to say runs the full gamut. We have interns in our data centers, um, working on our hardware products. I mean, across the board, uh, I think there's, there's opportunity for interns in, in every function. I love that approach because I do think that's something that maybe, you know, some of our listeners who might have intern programs might have a more limited approach to that. And I think by having them, like you're saying, across all of the different departments and um, products, it, it's such a unique way to actually, you know, test people, if you will, before you hire them. Um, and, and Steve, I apologize. I have one more sort of follow-up no, question to this, but um, one of the things that I experienced in my career at several places I worked was that, you know, some of the work that the interns were given um, was more busy work, which it sounds like you all are very excited, first, first of all, to like have interns doing real innovative things. Um, but my question is, what percentage of the work is real? Because we also, I've worked places where 
some of the work was actually, um, you know, in public accounting, for example, some of the work that was given to the interns was already done and answered. And it was really more of an, a, a way to test their ability to see how they think. Do they not only come up with the right answer, but how do they get there? How much of the work would you say is, is true, you know, new work versus maybe a little aspect of kind of testing what people know and how they think? Yeah, gosh, it's, I haven't really thought about it in in, ter- in that in those terms, but I, I can tell you that when we when we make the call for project requests and, and we set the expectations with our intern hosts, that's kind of like their manager for the summer. Um, it's it's really clear that like okay, our, our internships are twelve weeks. That's consistent across bachelor's students, master's students, and PhD. PhDs can tend to kind of like extend because they're going research, they're taking a break, whatever it might be. But for the most part, we require a 12-week project to be scoped out. There must be clear deliverables, um, like clearly a midpoint check-in and a final project that's delivered. So I don't know how much of the what percentage of the actual internship is spent on that project. I'd imagine it's at least 80%. The rest, I wouldn't say is kind of like testing, but really more um, like support and development and actually exposing folks to the culture of Google. Like let's, you know, we have our our weekly um, TGIF and like making sure interns are like plugged into what's going on in in, in Google day-to-day business outside of your product area outside of your team. So there's very little busy work happening. And I think that's safe to say across all of our, all of our um, internship projects. Kyle, thanks for that. That's great. Uh, And good good lessons for folks who are listening to this as well to try to drive more value out of their internship programs and kind of to look at them more as, I don't know, 12 week, uh, almost job interviews, right? For for the most part. Um, Kyle, I want to talk about like this summer again a little bit more. And we talked about when you kind of made the decision and the timeline leading up to it. You made the decision to go virtual. One quick question. And then the real question is, Kyle, before this year, had any or any significant amount of the internship program ever been run virtually before this summer? No. no, no. Okay. I was going to say like so many, so many words that begin with N. Never. No, not. Wow. <laughs> I was like. Foaming at the mouth. Yeah, no. I, I mean, look, we, we have a, a very distributed workforce without sure. question. But, but and, and I, I, I think it's safe to say that some interns have worked from home on occasion, but yeah. no one was ever assigned to like a remote work location. Yeah. Everyone would have been in an office co-located with their manager and, and, and a majority of their team. Okay, so then that takes me to the next question, which is, how do you go about in, in, in late February and to when these, most of these internships are going to start? I don't know what that date is. Maybe you can tell us what are the things you guys had to change and how and quickly and how did you go about making those changes to, to pull this off successfully in the virtual manner? Yeah, well, I, I, all credit goes to, to the team that, that just moved mountains to make this happen. The first thing we needed to do was communicate with the students um, as soon as possible so they could make plans for the summer. Now, we made the call internally, like I'd say that last week of February, and then it was the very next week, like the first week of March, um, before we, we started communicating with the interns. Now, we were getting a lot, as you can imagine. These students have made big plans to spend their summer with Google. They, we were so honored that they chose us. There was never a doubt that we would maintain our commitment. It just, we weren't sure how it would look. So we said, hey, you've still got an internship. We're gonna go virtual. Where do you think you're gonna be? Because a lot of these students might've been, you could be studying in, you know, Boston, but you might want to go home to your family and fill in the blank country, city, state, etc. So we needed to do a lot of research to be like, where are you going to be? Blah, 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 blah. 
um, do you still want to do your internship? You know, like all, all of these things. And so with the vast majority, I think very few folks, you know, pulled out. Everyone was like 100%, we want to do it. Here's where we'll be. From there, we had to really step through the, the logistics, which I won't bore you with. But you can imagine everything from let's localize this offer. Let's make sure that Google does business in this country. Like, let's make sure that we can actually employ someone somewhere if we don't have operations, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Very complex, like uh, so certainly nothing I've navigated before because you usually hire people to work where you're going to be, right? Yeah. So that was, that was interesting. And then at the same time, we're like managing the expectations of our, of our intern hosts, our managers, kind of understanding like, hey, you had this intern who was going to be here with you in Mountain View, but they're actually going to be based in Brazil for the summer. So we're going to need to probably pivot because the time zones are funky and you're not going to be like all of that kind of stuff. So there was a lot of what we, we called rematching of interns to new projects. And I'll be honest, we were a little worried, like, look, this was right before. This was, I guess this was probably like middle end of March where we're kind of doing that process. And we were so worried that a lot of hosts would go, hey, you know what? I'm working from home. I'm navigating this. My kids are studying here. Like my wife's working in the room next door. Like I can't take on an intern. Like I was personally a little bit worried about that. No way. Like people showed up like, and if anyone drops out, I can take another one, you know? And so we had, we had so many projects and hosts to choose from, which was fantastic. It also opened up a whole new area for us, which was pretty cool because we took, we took the opportunity to really invest in the open source community. And that's not something that we'd had interns typically working on. So it, it actually opened up the possibilities infinitely. And we got a whole crew of Googlers together that, that are very active in, in, in this um, community. And we got some just killer projects. And the feedback we're hearing from these students that worked on open source is like, oh, I want to do that again. I want to stay involved in this community. I see the impact I can have. It's pretty, pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, Kyle, that's great. We're uh, were there any specific things that you and the team had to do with your, with your managers or your hosts to just, just like we've all had a transition to remote working, right. And sort of learn how to adapt. Right. I think Google had a pretty, has a pretty kind of office or location centric kind of culture, I think for the most part. So were there specific things you guys wanted to do to try to give your hosts uh, any tips, tools, technologies, et cetera, you know, just to successfully manage, you know, their, their interns this summer? Yeah, so we we totally revamped and overhauled our intern host training, um, obviously to include these these unique components of managing someone remotely. And and that, it's like, don't forget, many of these interns have never worked in a corporate environment in their life. Um, again, we, we go from bachelors all the way up to PhD, but you could have a, someone who's just finishing up their sophomore year, very different from someone who's third year in their PhD, right? So there was just a lot of like, reminding of the expectations and, and providing of the context. We also were really fortunate because as you can imagine, the Google's learning and development team was quickly pivoting to make sure all the Google managers were set up to like help the Googlers that they were managing be, be successful. So we just quite, quite frankly like, yep, I will steal this with pride and we will repackage <laughs> it for interns. And so we were really lucky to be able to lean on the great work that was happening in tandem um, for, for Googlers broadly. I think that's such an amazing example, Kyle. So thanks for sharing it. I, you know, that's, it's so challenging when even your own existing uh, leaders and employees are going through sort of these stressful situations, but the fact that they, you know, like you said, maybe you had a couple that were a little hesitant at first, but it sounds like the culture of the company allowed for them to just kind of quickly adapt and, and be very welcoming. I love also just thinking about some of the terminology you're using, I just want to draw attention to that too. Um, you know, calling them a host 
versus, you know, just a manager, for example, in this scenario, I think the words we use sometimes with an intern um, can make them feel more welcome and more included because quite frankly, 12 weeks really isn't all that long when you think about it, you know, so to get them in and in feeling very welcome, very part of a team with a host. Um, do, you, do you find that that's kind of helpful as well, just the way that you're, you're speaking about them? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever actually, I haven't thought of that probably in a while, um, but I, I think you're absolutely right. And the thing that we want to make clear from day one for these interns is like, you are a part of this team. And, and I think there's this broader objective and goal at, at Google that we want every employee to truly feel like they belong. And I think that there's like a whole probably other podcast we could talk about when it comes mm -hmm. to like inclusion and how you do that. But I think it's a really important call out, Trish, that it's not just these big gestures companies do, but it's little things like calling them a host instead of a manager. It's like, we're so honored to have you here. And my job is to make sure that you are as supported as you can be. You know, that's different than like, I'm on, I'm going to ride you and make sure you get all your deliverables. In, you know? You're right. And just the word, I mean, right there, you're, you're talking about it being an honor to host them. It's, it makes them feel, I would think just extremely wanted, right? They're, they're, they're really wanted. So that's good. Um, listen, I know we've got so many other questions we want to get to. I do want to give a quick shout out though to our two sponsors of the HR happy hour. Um, first and, and foremost, want to thank our friends at paychecks and Steve, I don't know if you've heard, but I am actually doing uh, a session at HR tech with, um, our friends from paychecks with Tom Hammond. I have so heard. That's awesome. I'm very excited. Tom and I just, uh, we're like, we're like, peanut butter and jelly, peas and carrots, like we just, so we're very excited about, uh, about planning for that in October. Um, so people can go and register um, for HR tech, um, obviously. But, you know, for anyone who's not familiar with paychecks, just want to mention they are one of the, the leading providers of HR payroll, retirement, um, insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. And, you know, when you when you look at the way that they handle technology and culture, um, it's, it's just top notch. Um, I do want to mention they have their fourth annual 2020 Paychecks Pulse of HR survey right now that's out. And it provides a really in-depth look at how HR professionals are contributing, um, especially during these times of pandemic. And you can, can check that out at paychecks.com slash pulse2020. And our other sponsor, which is uh, also friend of the show, Work Human, um, we actually use their mood tracker, which is what we're, we're talking about here today, um, which is a free modern voice of the employee tool built by their data scientists, which makes it fast, easy, and actionable to get to the heart of your organization's issues. Um, you can learn more at workhuman.com, excuse me, workhuman.com slash mood tracker. And like I said, I mean, we use it ourselves. So it's very valuable to be able to get that sort of quick daily look at what's important to your staff. Awesome. Thank you, Trish. And thanks to our friends uh, at Work Human and Paychecks. Kyle, um, this question is kind of maybe not specifically related to the summer internship program, but certainly uh, in the virtual program, I mean, uh, but certainly I, I'd love for you to address it in that context as well. But maybe this is slightly more abstract. Again, we were talking about the most famous internship program in the world, right? Uh, what, are, what are some of the things you recommend for other companies to help set up uh, both your interns themselves for success, you know, during their time with you and, and maybe after, as well as uh, help for organizations who, uh, maybe you're looking to get a little bit more out of their internship programs themselves. Is there some things you've learned over time that you would, that are good rules of thumb you'd recommend? 
Yeah, um, I think I think there's probably two components that I'd encourage folks to think about, and one is on like the work itself. I think that that we should never underestimate the power that these interns have, that the brilliance they can bring to a project, the perspective, the insight. And so I would just encourage folks to really think about scoping out real projects, right? And not, not just necessarily like, I think we're probably gone are the days of like, get me a coffee and, and make me a photocopy. Like no one does that, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> thank goodness. But I, I think that that's like kind of like, P zero, right? Just making sure that these students, like you are taking full advantage in a very appropriate way. Um, oh, and speaking of that, pay them. Like I, I really encourage in, employers to pay their interns. I think again, very uncommon not to these days, but right. they're, they're doing real work. If you're expecting true contributions, then you, know, you should probably pay them accordingly, which we're proud of our, you know, competitive pay, etc. The second thing though, and I think Trish, you touched on this a little bit, it's like the community building. Like interns, especially this generation of, of students, they are such an inspiring force. They are like inherently feels like wired to connect, to form connections. And, and thankfully for us in these days, I'll, they are pretty good at connecting virtually. Um, so I think that, that it's really important to think about how will you connect these students virtual or otherwise to your culture, whether it's making sure they have access to and are, and are encouraged to join employee resource groups, other company like type, you know, hobby groups and things that you might offer, have them in your company all hands meetings like really make them feel included and invested. I think that you'll get far more out of them and just make sure that they're really getting, that they have access to, to leaders within their reporting chain and otherwise. Um, that's something we've really prioritized is like we have a leadership speaker series. And one cool benefit, you didn't ask, but a really cool benefit of this virtual model for us was how accessible these leadership series were. They used to be held, okay, the New York office is going to have this site director speak about X. Well, now everyone in the world could tune into it. And, and in fact, we could even say, hey, Googlers, you want to hear him speak? Because that's pretty cool. You could have anyone join. And it was it's just been a real eye-opener for us of like, huh, what you're, what you're planning for your interns actually could benefit the company. And I think in a time where we're all craving more connection because we're not able to connect in real life, it's a really cool platform to just connect, 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 and really include and, and make, make folks just feel like a team. I love that. I love, I'm, I love how you kind of turned that around too, that what you're doing for your interns, you can be offering to your employees. I wonder too, you know, we, we do as HR professionals, as talent leaders, as hiring managers, we work typically very hard to make those interns feel included and feel how special it is to work there. And sometimes I think, you know, once you're an employee that that can fall off a little bit. I'm sure it doesn't happen at Google, but you know, <laughs> other places. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's just a great point to call attention to that you all are doing because I, I think probably a lot of places could benefit from that that approach to thinking about their interns and about their employees. Kyle, I had a question, uh, again, maybe a little more generalized question on internships and the internship program. And if you're, if you're open to share some of this, uh, what are some of the, Google is the data company, right? As you said, what are some of the metrics you look at uh, from a company perspective on just assessing the program itself from year to year, you know, things like, you know, acceptances, hire rates, manager satisfaction, host satisfaction, or, or are there other things? Are there things that you could maybe recommend folks look at as measurements of the, the health and success of an internship program? Yeah, and so we, we certainly do lots of surveys, you know, before the internship, after. We, we survey both, to your point, we survey both the, the interns and the hosts. Um, and 
and of course, we're, we're also kind of getting feedback throughout because there's a, a very like structured midpoint check-in as well. So there's the experience, like, right? Did you have a good experience? Did you have the tools you needed to be successful? Do you feel you learned something from this? Do you feel that you're excited about working at Google again, either as an intern, if you're not graduating or as a full-time employee? Um, we ask, you know, how connected did you feel? Um, I'm actually trying to think of the specific questions, but there's a lot around the, not just the experience, but like the impact you feel you had as an intern. And I, I'll say, you know, as you can imagine right now, we're kind of wrapping up. A lot of the interns came on um, like end of May, June. And so a lot of them are now headed, headed back to school slash not going anywhere, <laughs> but um, you know, staying at home for school. And um, I, I, it's so interesting because, you know, data is so important and there's always like a ton of context and, and any, any number of caveats, but I think we expected the interns to, to do well and, and to have a, a, as good of an experience as we could possibly create because we, we went all in on that. But I, I think the feedback we're hearing back is so overwhelmingly positive. Um, it, it, it actually surprised me a little bit because, um, and, and the one thing unsurprisingly that, that some of the interns have struggled with is certainly around like connect like feeling like they really had the chance to connect with a bunch of Googlers. And we did a, we did a lot of stuff to kind of um, integrate and, and, and influence folks to, to get together. But um, I think that's probably one area that you just can't replicate in a virtual environment that you can like meet someone in the lunch line, meet someone in the micro kitchen for a coffee like that, that just didn't exist. Um, but I think to your pointed question around data, we absolutely use that data to inform how we can kind of make things better. And a lot of the feedback that we've had in the past, like good feedback's great, but I'm like, I want the critical feedback. Like I want to know, even if it's only like 10% of interns that experienced X, like I want to know what that is yeah. so we can really kind of iterate and evolve our approach. But um, yeah, I think the pre-internship surveys are huge. And then of course, afterwards, like how did it go? The exit survey is really important. Oh, I love that. You know what, Kyle, too, though, it makes me wonder, you know, you're getting sort of, you're, you're wanting that critical feedback, right, just so you can um, improve the program. Can you give any advice on maybe how, how you handle it there if, you know, there are bound to be interns who, who don't perform well, who may mm -hmm. not get an offer? Um, and so in my experience, um, you know, if it's given in a respectful and kind way, you know, what, what the feedback is through the course of their internship, even though they may not get an offer, I've actually had several over the course of my career that have come back and said, hey, that was the best thing that could have happened, you know, that I didn't get the offer because the feedback really helped me in my next, you know, my actual job when I got out of school. Have you had, um, you know, any instances where, you know, you, you all do have to deliver some maybe feedback that is you know, not as, not as good, or maybe someone not getting an offer. And how does that go? Any recommendations? Yeah. I mean, the, the, I would say the good news, but it's actually only good for, for me and my team is we, we work really closely with the hosts to make sure that they're delivering that feedback in a real time way. So even as part of that host on um, onboarding and training that we talked about before their intern shows up, we set pretty clear expectations on what the frequency and the, and the, the subject of the one-on-one -on -one meeting should be. And there's always a portion of like, hey, I think a good best practice for full-time people as well is like that one-on-one -on -one meeting with your manager each week, the agenda should be driven by the employee, right? Like it's like, what do, what, what do I need as the employee manager? Can you help with X, Y, Z? But then we suggest that there's a portion of that one-on-one -on -one that is absolutely carved out for feedback. Nothing should come as a surprise at the end of the internship. So I like 
look, yeah, you wish everyone was self-aware. You wish everyone was comfortable providing hard feedback. It's just not perfect, you know, but the expectations are pretty well set. And of course, to your point, Trish, I think some of the interns, there's disappointment when they don't get an offer. And then it usually, they're not usually grateful for that right away. Right. But then we hear from folks six or nine months down the line, they landed another internship for the following summer, or they got a full-time gig. And with the reflection, they can say, oh yeah, I was not where I needed to be oftentimes because they just didn't have maybe the, the skill set or the support or the experience or exposure but that internship at google whether they nailed it or not was truly like transformative in terms of what they could contribute in their next endeavor that's it's just good to keep in mind so i'm glad that i'm glad that you all address it i i like the idea of bringing it up in the training too and making sure that it's happening throughout the entire you know 12 weeks because you're right no one wants to be surprised at all anytime as an employee and especially you know, interns are a little more vulnerable, right? They've maybe never done this before. So um, yeah, with reflection. I think too, the other thing about that is I always felt like it doesn't mean that, you know, the company won't hire you in another year. Maybe you just need a little seasoning. Maybe you do need to brush up on your skills a little bit. You might be a really outstanding, um, you know, candidate in the future, just maybe not right now. Well, and actually to that point, you, you've got this group of, of students, like let's say, yeah, they, they maybe they've never been in, an, in a corporate environment or received that kind of feedback, but it's safe to probably also assume that many of these students haven't had a ton of experience failing, period. Yeah, great point. There's a lot to manage there, you know, because it's, it's, they're, they're brilliant. And, it, and it, to your point, it doesn't mean you're, you're doomed. This isn't the right industry or career path for you. It's just kind of like, hey, work on these things and we'll talk. But it's, there's so much care that needs to go in because to your point, they're, they're young often. They're fragile. Um, and they just, they are used to achieving everything they wanted to achieve, which is tough to manage. I think that's gen generational as well. That is Kyle, such a good point. This has been so much fun. I just I have one little comment and then maybe a slight request. But to me, Trish, this has been like, if we wanted to have a podcast called How to Be Good at Tennis, right? And, and we got as a guest Serena Williams. That's how I'm right. recording <laughs> this right now. I agree. I'm oh, so flattered. Yes. I had the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been fantastic to sort of learn all learn much more about the internship program at Google, how you guys manage the transition to virtual. Uh, my my little request though, Kyle, is just just an FYI. I have a college student son, uh, rising sophomore. Uh, you know, so I like, knew it was coming. I'm I knew keep, one of you would have some. <laughs> I'm going to keep your information close at the ready, just so you know. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. But. This was super fun. And uh, in the show notes, uh, just a little behind the scenes thing for, for listeners, we get show notes. Karen Hunter prepares the show notes every show. She does a great job at it. And there's usually some resources or links that the guest wants to mention that she puts in the show notes. So this particular set of show notes had no uh, link listed. So of course, Kyle, I Googled Google intern and <laughs> was brought very, very quickly to uh, careers.google.com slash student. So that's, the, uh, that's where you want to go. But uh, Kyle, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, with us today. Oh, I loved it. Thank you both for having me. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Trish, great show. This was super fun. I know every show lately I say this was my favorite show, but this was my favorite show. So we'll leave it at that. You know what? You're right. You do say every show is your favorite. So this is actually, I'll, I'll agree. This is a good one. I like it. You know, in me, I like anything where we can be giving back to the, um, the HR and talent community, the recruiters out there who are doing this every single day. And if you even walk away with one or two good tips of how to improve your program, how to improve your relationship with your hiring managers, with your interns, I think I call that a success. So yeah. Awesome. All right. Stuff. 
So thanks again for our guest, Kyle Ewing from Google, for Trish McFarland. My name is Steve Ost. Thanks, Work Human and Paychex, one last time as well for all their support. This has been the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time, and bye for now.